Mike, turn your games down. Harbor episode 239 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Helberton, and who's Ezio Auditore with me tonight? This is Joe Butler, and if I had a nickel for every time I had to fist fight the Pope, I'd have a few. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's, I, I'm curious now, what other game have you fist fight the Pope? Pope. Uh, Dark Souls. I do not remember this. <laughs> yeah, hi, I, I'm Alan. I'm happy to be here. I, I, I never have anything to plug for these, but I'm happy to be here and uh, just uh, provide uh, my opinion on, on the game. And this is Richard Sampson from the YouTube channel Rich Kale. And various fan fiction sites all over the internet somewhere in dark corners. And I must remind you, never trust a Borgia. <laughs> also, everything is, nothing is true, everything is permitted, right? Isn't that the saying in this? Yes, that is. Mm-hmm. Okay, I should know. I spent 30 hours playing this game over the last week or two. So. <laughs> uh, but we are here to talk about Assassin's Creed 2, developed by Ubisoft Montreal, came out in 2009. Two years after Assassin's Creed 1, which a lot of people bitched about. And we talked about a few months. It's been a few months. Why? I don't remember when we did, but we didn't. Our people mad it came out two years too longer. No, people just weren't happy with the first game because it was people consider it very repetitive or yeah. repetitious. So people were like, we're just upset. And I just like I just I always remember that. because when, when this game came out, I had played the first one in 2009 because it was five bucks at GameStop. So I was like, oh, cool. I'll just play this. I just got my 360. I was excited. And I remember when this came out, I, I had no interest in it. Because I'm like, well, I'll just wait until it's cheap. It's Ubisoft. And I remember my buddy bought this the day it came out and loved it. And, yeah, I I had forgotten a lot about this game. And I also couldn't remember what was from Brotherhood and what was from this game. So I was like, I was like, wait, did this event happen in Brotherhood? This event in this game? I cannot remember which one is which. I had that happen quite a few times. And I'll, I'll explain when we get there eventually. But, uh, yeah, I bought this for like five dollars whenever i bought my 360 at first and then i got i want to say it was like a year before brotherhood came out i also bought so i bought that so i played pretty much the entire Ezio saga whenever they came out okay that's a good way to do it i mean you know it's good to play these games right away again alan what is your history with it oh i i this game came out uh, 2000 right 2008 2009 i was in high school i was uh in 10th grade so that's like right when you learn about world history and the renaissance is like a huge part of it and I'm Italian, so this game had just like every absolute bias for me to buy it oh. day one. I obsessed over this game. I uh, I remember the trailers, all the gameplay um, that they showed for E3. I read the uh, Game Informer, you know, when it was on the was it the cover story for that one? I cannot remember. It, it probably had a big was. Thread, and uh, I poured over that too. So I was blown away by this game from before it even came out, and of course when it did. And Richard, what is your history? This is the first time I've ever played the game. <laughs> for this this podcast and i'm going to admit this was definitely different from the first one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're in for a ride because i you're experienced <laughs> all these for the first time and you're in for a ride with a lot of highs and then we'll get to the lows later i think so there's a low not that far away either so <laughs> mm-hmm. this game has uh one of my favorite moments which i want to get into real quickly because it's the ending of the game as well you can really <laughs> you can really tell when a game is made sometimes and i feel like it shouldn't be too heavy-handed or a movie uh, one one of my favorite uh, facts that me and my partner do is, uh, was this movie made before or after the Twin Towers fell? Because some movies you can you can really tell it was made right after those towers fell. Yeah. And this one, it, this one is uh, what era is it made in? Because what, what, which it's the first Lara Croft movie. The bad. Does anyone remember what the bad guy is for the first Lara Croft movie? 
live action one with a uh, white guy. Oh, I remember. He was sort of like a renegade member of the Illuminati, I think. Yes, because the Illuminati was big back in like 2000 and something. And <laughs> th- this one, it's revealed that the main plot is the end of the world in 2012. So oh, <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I should I know. I played that. I played all these up to I played up to Unity. And that's where I stopped because I didn't have an Xbox One at the time. And I never went back yet, unfortunately. Even though I have the, I have multiple copies of the game, I have multiple ways to play it. I've just never went to Unity, and I'm not going to until we get there through this main series. How did you guys play this, by the way? Computer, <laughs> mouse, and keyboard. That's how I play these games. <laughs> oh God, not even the controller. Ah, hey, I get it's. You're, I'm an old. I have been playing computer games without controller for since. What year did I get a computer? First, get a computer mid eighties. Back in like my that. day, we didn't have we just had a mouse and keyboard. <laughs> you know, back before ke- ma- ma- uh, a mouse was at a peripheral on a computer. <laughs> I played this on PC. I tried to play it on Steam Deck, but it would not run on Steam Deck, which I think is because I was trying to do like an installer for Ubisoft, and by doing that, I think I fucked things up, and it would not run on my Steam Deck. I believe that. So I think I, uh, I fucked it over, but that's fine. I played it through, I mean, the Ezio uh, collection. It works great. And uh, oh. on the Series X, it has, you know, 60 frames and upscaled. So I was like, heck yeah. I could, I still had, it's still backwards compatible too. I could have just played the 360 version. But yeah, why? Yeah, I mean, you have a better, ver- I mean, you have no, another version to play. And I, mean, I wouldn't call it better with at least some of the visuals. Yeah, aspects. no, I heard. <laughs> but yeah. For like gameplay, game feel, yeah, it's good. I. I suppose I'll, you had access to the some of the extra stuff too with the SEO yeah, collection. That's everywhere now. Even on like the regular PC version of the DLC is just in there now. So Well no, not all of it is I, I think some of it you have to access the Ubisoft server or something. Oh the Ubisoft. Oh, for some of the stupid secrets. Yeah. I mean I did yeah. that ori- on the original version that I still kept, so I didn't you know Yeah, I didn't get a chance to play those. But they weren't main gun they weren't main game, so you know. Even the two DLC sequences could easily be taken out of this game, and the game is better for it. <laughs> well, I think the two DLC sequences were originally not part of it. No, they weren't. And then they released them after the fact, but I did enjoy those sequences. I I enjoyed I one of were, them. I did not enjoy the other at all. But I think they were just capital F fine. No, not not bad, not good. No, I, I I guess it's just because I like I couldn't rem- at first I couldn't remember I even played them because I must because I bought this game 360. I remember they were DLC. Then I bought this game for PS3 at some point in it. I actually had an Ezio collection from PS3 which had this Brotherhood and Revelations, and that had the DLC on there because I did play through it because I did remember it. That was back before I learned do not play the same series one after another after another or you will be upset. You also because I, I get burned out then of a series like when I did play this last time I played two Brotherhood. And then Revelations, and by Revelation, I'll just fucking done with Ezio. Should not <laughs> yeah, do sequence, that. like sequence twelve and sequence thirteen, they were not part of the original. But <laughs> they're they're all. I, I mean, I do like that they help patch up the in between between chapter eleven and chapter fourteen. And Alan's right. I mean, they are fine. I think fourteen, thirteen just irritated me because it took me a while, and I was ready to be done. I wanted to beat the game so I could move on to the next game. But yeah, fine. 13 had that, I think a majority, there's going to be one of those assassinations that 13 is going to be a bitch for somebody in the in this group. Yeah, there were a couple that gave me trouble, and it just, they, they don't hurt the game. I mean, they don't bring it down, they're just, it just lengthens your gameplay. But one thing that I had forgotten a lot about Assassin's Creed 2, like, I remember bits and pieces that this game opens up with them escaping from Evstervals, 
and all that. I I couldn't. Again, I was confused. Like the place that they go to in this game is not the place I thought they were going to go to because I was thinking of Brotherhood. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah, because Brotherhood they go to a different base. So I do not want to spoil to Rich. <laughs> so, but like I couldn't. It's just it's just so weird how these two games are really entwined in my head where I cannot. It, it took me a while to figure out which what is in what. Like when I went to replay it, but to get back to my point, like I, I love the modern day Desmond stuff and I love all that. I love the fact like, you know, Lucy is helping you escape and just everything with that. I really, really enjoy. Oh, I just appreciate from a narrative standpoint that they really do pick up just right at the millisecond that, yeah. you know, the first one ended. I feel like too many media, too many stories in media always do some kind of time sticks time skip because they're like too afraid or actually there's too many moving pieces to like you know match someone up with age and stuff like that between yeah. filming and all that stuff can happen so it yeah. is refreshing to be like oh wow it really just picks up or when lucy first approaches you she had blood on herself right that was i like that that was that was a very nice thing that they did because they did leave that first one off as a cliffhanger there's a weird continuity error. I don't know if it's because I also played the remastered version or if the game is just dumb. You get the re- you get a real quick recap in the beginning, and Desmond talks about how Lucy's missing one of her fingers. But when I was like walking with her, I do not see her missing any finger at all. So I don't know if that was a model mistake or if they didn't think you would look close enough. They reference it in this game. Yeah. Oh, you're going to make me go back and like boot up the 360 version. My now. guess is either it's a model error or maybe let's just say she has a fake finger, but she didn't. In the, yeah, no, no, it, it might have been. Genius, this, actually, I can't tell. I'm trying to look. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, if you were trying to you know, sneak around, I mean, you, I mean, this is you could easily put a fake finger there. You just, yeah, you know, it doesn't work very well. If you don't use it. Yeah, they would absolutely look out for a missing finger, right? They'd be like, yeah, mm, we never did. We don't do that, guys. <laughs> So, I mean, also, I didn't know this until sometime after our first, our we did Assassin's Creed 1, Christian Bell is the voice of Lucy. Yes. Yeah. I did not know that. I'm a big, I like her a lot. I mean, Veronica Mars, my wife, a big Veronica Mars fan, and she was in The Good Place. Good show, by the way. And I was like, that is awesome that she did the voice for Lucy. I remember yeah. her from this horror movie, but I can't remember the dang name from the early eyes. <laughs> Definitely had to do with video, though. She's a, I, I like her a lot. So I was just, it just made me happy. I mean, this game, it does a good job of really getting you into the moment and having some you know present day stuff to then i guess it's supposed to be present day or to get you then to you know when you the them leaving the place go to where they their base and go in the animus 2.0 but like when you're escaping like when you see all these different just offices i really like that i like the whole corporate evil feel yeah it does have that feel <laughs> and lord implications too so i alan have you have you played more of the series like most of it or all of it i think the only thing i really haven't played is as far as I can remember, is like obviously like all the handheld spinoffs and okay. uh, including the even when they ported Liberation, I still haven't touched it. Liberation uh, Origins too. I just never played either. Oh, because I mean I love the future stuff. I have heard through the grapevine that the future stuff kind of takes a backseat later on. Like they don't do that anymore. That would be an apt, you know, accurate statement. Yeah. So that that kind of bummed me out. I know a little bit about it. Like it, cause I played four and I played Rogue, but I don't remember much for either of them. I mean, if we want to talk about it just a little bit, uh, it, I think that's the most disappointing thing is that you would think all of this medieval and time like past parkour would lead to more modern day pork, pork, bleh, parkour. And yeah, it just does not really happen much in the whole series. Uh, oh, uh, mm. it, it's not really a spoiler, but I'll give you all that. Did anybody get the secret ending? There's I a don't secret know. ending. Oh, for uh, you mean, are you talking about the truth? 
Yeah, the truth. Yes. That is never brought up ever. It's oh, isn't? Nope. It's none none of that's ever brought up ever. It's it's Adam and Eve doing parkour through Oh well, that. Yeah, because yeah, I know Richard because Richard did hundred percent of this game. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. I didn't think that was an ending. It, it's a it's a secret ending because you technically can't get it yeah. until until you beat the game, but it's it's never brought up in the entire Assassin's Creed. I would series. say it's it's basically it's brought up in a way, it's just never actually told in any fleshed out way. You know yeah. What I mean? it, yeah, it's sort of the way it gives the vibe it gives me, given the ending and all that, that they are the precursors of the ori- the civilization before. Yeah. That they were the birth of our civilization. Pretty much that's what it's supposed to be. I mean, I know from what I have played up to that storyline with Minerva and the alien gods that con- that continues on mm-hmm. for a bit, but I don't I like uh, once you get once I get to four and rogue, I don't know what happens after that. I know what happens. It's interesting, but they they take a different term with it and they it kind of goes into a little bit what's going on with this game, but I'm not going to. OK, yeah, I don't want to go there yeah. yet. I don't want to go there yet. I mean, I will say Desmond's story does wrap up in Assassin's Creed 3. I will say that. That's all I want to say on that. But for Richard, it, they, they do put a bow on his story at 3, and then they go a different direction. Oh, yeah. I, so. I'm ge- I'm gathering that from what I can read of the timeline of yeah. all the games. <laughs> you guys yeah, there's another, a bow put on the story. So You guys want another although, weird... Although, we, I should say this now. The upcoming, I think, the VR release will have Ezio back. We're a VR game? They are getting a VR game. I don't know if I'd want to play that. I yeah, hate heights. I don't know either if I'd want to play it myself, but uh, Roger Craig Smith is, and I've been seeing news about that, and I said, yeah, he's he's the one who said it's the VR game. Listen, I'll dabble. I'll take the bait. I don't I'll have take, a... I'll, I'll get a MetaQuest 3 and dabble. Why not? I'll take the bait because I very specifically has a VR set, and it's sitting there collecting dust, so I need something to play on it. <laughs> yeah, but are you terrified of heights? Because I am. Yes, yes, but it's fine. I'll... I'll, you know, I'll, I'll deal you're with not it. Real, so you're like, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just be close to my bed so that if I feel like I'm going to fall, I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> you. I, 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 hate, I hate fucking heights. So I'm like, they make I just don't know how that would be. In VR, I will just leap a face onto my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting down, so it's fine. It's all good in the hood. Uh, but no, this game, like this game then gets you in the whole Ezio thing. And it does a really good job of making you care for Ezio. Like I had forgotten that this game takes place over, like, what, 22 or 28 years of his life? Oh, his entire life. You see him technically get born into, so... Yeah, but I mean... He <laughs> you control life. his little arms and his little legs. His <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> that was a funny little part. So technically you're there from, like, you know, five seconds all the way to, like, Revelations when he's, I don't know... Uh, he's old, but in this I, game, I think old he's, age like, of 50? When I think in this game he's die? 40 or something. He's got to be in his 30s or 40s, easy. I, I want to say that this game goes from when he's like 15, 16 to I think the game ends when he's like 30, because uh, this goes to when he's 30. Revelation goes from like 30 to maybe 50. And then the, the last the revelation talking about brotherhood, you mean brotherhood. Brotherhood, my bad. Yeah. Revelations yeah. Is, is when he's like 50. Yeah. Okay. Revelation, he's old. And then that kind of wraps up that wraps up his story. Knowing that it was really funny in the opening of Brotherhood when he's climbing for the first time when you're playing as him and he's like complaining that his back hurts. Yes. <laughs> And I'm like, you should. <laughs> there's a whole other game, dude. <laughs> hey, it's fair when you start getting in your 30s. Things start. Yeah, your, your skeleton speaks to you more. <laughs> it, it tells you when it doesn't like stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, they do such a good job of just like showing Ezio before he's an assassin and having you do like just random shit with his brothers to to make that that scene really hit harder. 
Oh yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Because like when they when they kill the brothers and they hang them, and you first get the assassin's outfit and that whole stuff, that's a that's a still. I mean, even you know all these years later, that's still a very jarring moment. Yeah, definitely. That was definitely jarring, but it also it adds to why you do why one it basically fast tracks Ezio into the assassin order, and he's basically learning it. As he goes along, I mean, he's on a, quote, quest for revenge that has gotten a little bit more complicated as he continues. Oh, for sure. But complicated, also... but definitely easier than most revenge stories I've ever watched or read. <laughs> no, yes. it cannot be easy. We're talking... Like, what a great way to enact revenge by joining a group of people whose whole sole purpose is to kill. And the person but... that you're trying to avenge was already part of that group. What an in, right? <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, also, we're not talking about it's not going to be easy. I mean, as it's revealed, you only know them as the Spaniard. But when it you get I think it gets revealed somewhere, I think even in the early chapters, we're dealing with a Borgia. Yeah, you find that out pretty early. Yeah, which is one of the most infamous families in the in history. I mean, the uh the show that was on based off them, I probably would guess that it most likely tamed some of their escapades down. So, wait, you're, you're telling me that's actually based off a real Italian family? Yeah. The Borgia is yeah. a, was a real Italian family, and one did become Pope. <laughs> yeah, most... This was back when uh, Ubisoft was doing a lot of research to make these quasi-historically accurate. So, the Medici is a real dude. Obviously, Machiavelli... Who was the girl from the girl with the redhead? Her story in particular is surprisingly accurate and weird. Like the part and where she shows off her her bottom uh, and says, "I can make yes. more children." That's they actually... specifically reference that because that's a direct quote that she said. Yeah, <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Huh. I mean, uh, I, I even learned about the Borgia family when I was grow in high in high school. I don't remember. I don't think I was. I vaguely remember. Like I, of course, I knew who Leonardo was, but. I mean, why wouldn't I? He was a turtle, so of course I know who he is. But, like, you know, I knew who Da Vinci was. Like, I knew some of the stuff back then. Yeah. But no, I, that's one thing that attracted me to the series is how they really did try to, like, make the cities, you know, accurate as they could. Oh, yeah, and I got to admit, it was very enjoyable to be going through that whole, to go through that in Venice, in Florence. Tuscany. Tuscany, yeah. Those are just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. The, the graphics, even, like, I played the P, you know, I played the old. I didn't play the remaster. I played the PC version of 09, and it's still this game was still fucking look good. Like I had no issues whatsoever with the graphics or the gameplay. Well, I did jump to my death a couple times, but I don't know if I really blame the game or me. So I, I think it shows its age a little bit. I think like a lot of the stilted like animations and little oh, flaps yeah. can definitely get some touching up. A little bit of the foliage still flat, you know. But like in terms of like. Oh my god, these still like the crowds is still uh, pretty good. Pretty amazing compared to other games. Also, I don't know if it's just like they they try to do it in these other games, but them speaking Spanglish in like all three of these games is just peak like voice acting dialogue <laughs> dialogue including because like having them like cuss and then having Ezio saying what happens in Italian after he kills as he has every kill is just probably just peak gameplay. I'm the subtitles were on, so I could learn all the swear words. <laughs> I mean, subtitles are on for me too. But I mean, part of that's just like that's what you have to do if you're going to make something triple budget. If you have everything in Italian like it should be, 
people wouldn't buy it then. I did go back and play this with Italian voice acting on for sure. Oh, I was that I was that like happy with this game. Okay, that I you know I never did that. But that would be kind of cool. Might do that with Brotherhood. If I, I ever do that, I'll do it. If I don't, I don't. Because <laughs> I, I, there are times when I'm busy and I just have headphones in in one ear, so I can hear some of what's going on. So. I mean, I do like the exclama- the explanation that they put in uh, first game on why they sound like they're speaking modern day English. I mean, they address that in the first game, right? It's the animus yeah. basically trying to fill in, yeah. you know, gaps yeah. in. Yeah, because they, obviously, like you know, people who aren't college-educated scholars of uh, ancient Italian aren't like jumping in this animus, you know, or <laughs> anything like that. So they had to basically, you know, dumb it down. It's like it, it, it was like the TARDIS ex- uh, Doctor Who explaining why the tar- why everybody sounds like they're speaking English in the past, in the future, and all that. It's just the TARDIS's language uh, translation circuits working for you. Because if you try and speak in the native language, you're like, what are you saying? <laughs> it, right i've heard like you know there's plenty of fantasy like sci-fi where that's like oh no we we have like a chip in our ears or something like that like in cyberpunk you know like you want in cyberpunk it's cool like you'll you'll because they do it in the subtitles you'll watch someone talking in like japanese and you'll see the subtitles start in japanese and then translate as it's speaking into english and it's like oh that's cool because everyone obviously like has ocular implants that would like basically do that for you so yeah sadly i like though. it i had it never took me out of the moment of what's happening. Sadly, though, uh, they they slowed down that just a little bit. I don't know if it's because they they don't want to try or anything, but uh, but like my point of reference is I've played enough of them, but I, the only one that I've recently played is uh, Ragnarok. And Ragnarok, they basically put it down to basically either cuss words or like one word and like a sentence and something in Swedish or something. You so they Valhalla? do. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Same thing. <laughs> My thing was, how can all these illiterate people write so many notes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, and there was a decent amount to, like, I felt like this game also did, well, I mean, it did a much better job of the missions, of keeping the missions uh, varied enough and keeping the story, like, you just can't stop continuing with the story. Yeah, that was actually very nice because, well, in some ways, it's it's nice I mean, after the first game where you sort of have a reset after you complete a, your one of your missions or one of your assassinations. Yeah. yeah, you jump out of the animus or fast travel to, oh, and you have to redo all this again. But when you have, when it just flows almost nonstop, it's, it's easy to keep you engrossed in it. That makes you then like, haven't jumped out of this in a while am i gonna jump out of this or anything like that (laughs) not often like he's in this world like all the time which i i like yeah and they explain some of the the downsides of that which is partly like the whole point of this experiment or what they're doing is i mean one they're trying to find the apple which they you know found in with altier but they didn't figure out where it went from there and then you know, they're trying to find more of where it's actually located at, but also they're trying to teach Desmond to get caught up in being an assassin so he can fight. Yeah, yeah, that. Uh, but I also like how, as you're progressing, everything is naturally introduced to you. Like assassination missions, it gets naturally introduced into the game of doing these side assassinations. The the courier missions, you start it... You, you get open to it by actually having to run a letter for somebody. <laughs> yeah, Same with the race. Really good job with that. Yeah. And 
of course, the dreaded feathers, which has been long mocked about the second game. Well, it's also it, a it's a weird thing where the feathers give you a really good upgrade, but you really don't need that upgrade after you hopefully have ninety nine percent of the game. I think that's just a thing of open world games, especially in this in this time frame. We're, you know, we'll give you some awesome upgrade for doing some insane tasks, but at that point, you know, it doesn't matter. That's why we're giving it to you. Yeah. NPCs of open world games always be collecting. If <laughs> apparently if you're just not collecting in, in an open world game, it's not a, it's not a good game somehow. I don't know. And that's yeah, also I... this is also early achievement still at this time. Oh yeah. yeah. So true. I mean, it was like you know, what can we do to make our game longer so people? Because this also would have been a time I think I I want to say we were still in that time where. A game was also graded on how long does it take to complete it. Like, it has to be a long game or it's not worth your 60 bucks. This was the first game, though, I think, where I've openly remarked on the open world map, looking at it and seeing so many icons and being like, uh, I don't like this. Wait till you play three. Oh, but I know you have, but I know. I know. Oh, yeah. Three is like three is when it got me. And I'm like, yeah, that's when it hit me from what I remember. Well, the icons were very good to keep a track of things. I got to admit that. Like <laughs> yeah true true because once you realize most of them are just for the shops and stuff then you're like oh okay this isn't so bad except these are all closed and i gotta open them did you yeah. go for richard did you get all the chests too yes i did <laughs> and i this is something when you're going to need to buy stuff to increase your allotment and everything there's a reason to do the to get the chests if you want to purchase the paintings for the villa mm-hmm. you need money but until you get the villa, you don't learn that the place is going to actually accumulate money for you until you actually go to the villa and agree to stay, which is after I think you commit can finish your second kill in the game. Yeah, when you kill what, Forenze? I think you kill his son first, and then you kill his father? The son first, yeah. I, I had thought that, the son had survived. That. I thought the son was in Brotherhood, but that's somebody else that's in the big villain of Brotherhood. In in an alternate reality, the sun does survive, and we have a really cool showdown at the end of this game. But for sec- <laughs> second to last showdown, you know, I'm, you know, I'm right. But yeah, you you kill him very early on in the game. I remember because it was I was surprised. It wasn't this time I played it. It was the first time I fi- I played it, which is uh, the moment where I realized like I would fall in love with this game. Is I was using a uh, the knife to fight him, and uh, I did one of the the uh, the deflect. So when I when I deflected him, the the killing animation I got that slowed down is Ezio just stabbing him in the chest like fifty times with a knife. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is gonna be a great game." I mean, it is. I mean, like to to go along like with like the open world stuff. Like, I mean, there are a lot of icons, but for me, it, other than the other than all the chests, which eh, I was okay with it, it didn't feel overwhelming to me. It wasn't. It isn't really until I think Assassin's Creed Three is when I got overwhelmed. Because the side missions here, like, I needed money, so I was fine with doing them. It felt like it had a purpose. I mean, I started skipping a ton. Like, I would, my rule of thumb was, for the most part, until near the end of the game, when I said, I'm, I'm done. Because it happened to be every open world game. Where I was trying to do all the assassination missions, until I got to one that I just could not do. There was one on a bridge, you had to kill, like, ten of the big guards in, like, a minute and a half. I couldn't pull that off. I was like, I'll come back to this. I never did. And there was a couple others where, like, oh, don't get seen by these archers. Where I just said, fuck it, and left. Because they kept seeing me. <laughs> but... My, oh, my barometer got... for collection is like, how easy is it to get the cool armor? Like the in this that's case, fair. it was like a Grandmaster armor, the black like uh, the not Altair coat, but it was awesome. 
the Altair stuff is really like because if I remember correctly, I want to say all the Assassin's Creeds after this one have dungeons like this for the where you get the alt where you get the armor pieces or you get the yes. seals. I think that becomes like a, a staple, right? Yeah. Okay. God, it's been a while. But they're done like, really well. I I enjoyed all of them. They are, and I oh, I just uh, wish all those assassins had games or had more to them. I don't think any of those assassins are, are referenced like ever in a game <laughs> or anything, right? Nope. This point yet? Nope. I, no, I, it's so weird that that's the case, right? Because yeah, they literally go to almost every location mentioned on those and use a lot of the weapons that were mentioned by those assassins, but then never let us see them. Yeah. Maybe someday. I mean, maybe someday we'll get them. I mean, the series didn't. The, did the series take a break, or was Valhalla last year? Uh, we're getting Mirage this year. I, I think was gonna I say, like, did we? It didn't so much take a break. They just basically just gave their developers more time at one point, and I well, think that was between Brother. No, what's what's the one? No, it wasn't England? like Origins what's, or Odyssey. what's the one in England? What's the one in England that also I think Syndicate. Has Syndicate. Okay, I think it was between Syndicate and Origins is when they gave them like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll give you an extra years, and then from then on, I think again. Did it pick back up? Was Origins to Odyssey another one year, or was it two years? I can. I've been out of the out of the loop for Assassin's Creed for well, a very long. Okay, time. fair enough. I would think as soon as after, like as soon as they finished up Syndicate, that's when they basically just opened up an extra year instead of every year. I think it's every two years. That's well, no, good because every year was just too much for people. They they fixed it now, which is actually even more different. It's every couple of years, but what they do now is they did it with Odyssey and Ragnarok, and I'm assuming they're going to do the same thing with Mirage. So you have give an example Ragnarok and Odyssey or Valhalla and Odyssey where they come out one year and then the next year you have a big DLC pack right. come out, and then yeah. the year after that you have another big DLC pack come out and then at the end of that they announce what the next game is okay because you as much as I like live service games now of course oh yeah. yeah I yeah I hope that goes away I think it is because people we'll see how Mirage are, does yeah, people are getting people are getting sick of the RPG elements, and that's the point of Mirage. Mirage is even shorter, apparently, down too, because they said that they're only going to charge like fifty dollars for it. I'm I curious think... if they're going to branch off and just like you know Zelda it with a two D and a three D split, but here it'll be a mechanics kind of split where that's I, I would like that stealth. personally. I th- I think they are because they announced that they had like three announcements where they had one of them I'm really excited for, which is a Project Red, I think. What? Yeah, Project Red's based off of a mobile game, but that might get the Mirage treatment. The Japanese game I know is going to get the RPG one, and the one that I'm really excited for is there's a Wiccan one that's coming out that's being going to be about spells and shit. Oh. Mm. Um, but I know, uh, I think there's another Chinese one coming out. I think it's Jade. Because I know there's a red one, and then there's a Jade one. But I know one of them is going to be a mobile game that's probably going to be Pokemon Go. But I thought that was what Jade was going to be. I thought Red was what the Japanese one was. Oh, no, Red's Russian, I think. Or is it oh, Japanese? Oh, Red's Russian. That's cool. I mean, there is one Russia one kind of with the 2D side scroller ones. Yeah, it became like a three. There's like it's India, China and Russia, correct? Yeah, I have all three, but I never played them yet. Me neither. Yeah, another gap. I'll change that at some point. Don't worry. (laughs) I'll give you a reason to actually play them. Just like I'll be forced to. Oh, and to 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 make fun of him because he's not here. The the main thing that this game focuses on, because since it's Assassin's Creed 2, you get two hidden blades. (laughs) Two hidden blades, bitch. There you go. <laughs> <Funny>. <laughs> we'll see if you listen to it. I'll probably hear about it if you listen to it. <laughs> I mean, if we're just going to get into the combat of this game, sure, I, we I can tell you right now, it is it is chef's kiss compared to the first game. It, oh, yeah. It uh-huh. moves in every single way. And those two hidden blades do help. Yeah, uh-huh. they do. They make it better to, quote, fight by using the hidden blades. But having two of them, it's like you're double armed because, you know, it's like 
If they're going to watch where one hand's going, where they know the blade is, and then the other one comes out with a blade, they're like, oh, shit. You also have the really fun new mechanic of double assassinating people, so that's pretty cool, too. Oh, yes. That really helps. <laughs> I mean, they yeah. overhauled everything with the combat. It, it, I, 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 I would say this. Um, well, number one, they also improved countering with the hidden blades. Like, they actually made it a viable thing. You can do it in Assassin's Creed 1 with the with the Hidden Blade. You can just use it solely in combat, but it's the timing window for that counter is literally pixel perfect. Yeah. Feels good to do, though, but in this game, you can actually literally block with them and not, you know, take damage, so it's viable. But I, I, well, once I found out what the counter system was like, I just stayed disarmed the entire time because I loved taking people's weapons and then killing them with it, and their <laughs> animations were brutal. Yes, they are. I and they think... never do them anything like that again, either. Uh... I think your uh, your hidden blade, like the counter and everything, is also affected by the arm armor you get. Because in this game, you also have uh, like, like five armor choices. Your leg, your shoulders, right. your chest, and your yeah. arms. Yep. You can also buy a glove for uh, unarmed combat, too, which I think is cheating. Because I think the, it also carries over when you do the, the barehanded fights and everything. It does. Well, also, yeah. they added that your health doesn't come back either. And your armor's tied to that health, too. So if, it, if your armor breaks or a piece of it breaks, you lose a health bar permanently until you fix it. It's such a good system. And another thing I noticed, too, with this one, throwing knives are nowhere near as deadly as they are in one. I would hit someone with a throwing knife, they just look at me instead of dying. Yeah, they took two sometimes. So I was like, what? Why? What? I didn't like, I mean, I understood the point of it, because in one, you could be like, oh, I, I got to be sneaky. All right, I'll just throw a knife everybody. It'll never, they'll all just die. And in this game, it's like, no, no, you're not doing that. Well, there, there's two reasons for that. One is because uh, some of these guys are actually wearing armor in the future, you know, different time time zone, time area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eras. The, the other the other difference is uh, why would you use a knives when you get a whole ass gun? See, I and couldn't you can remember. Multi, uh, I don't. Can you do it in the first game? Can you multi fling like knives? If you like hold it, you'll you'll shoot no. like five. No, I don't think two or maybe it's better. Yeah, that would be good. I legit forgot the fucking gun was in this game. I thought we didn't get the game till the second game. I remember watching that E3 trailer, like when it, you know the pre-rendered one where he shoots the guy at the end. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the gun was Brotherhood too. I couldn't remember, and I didn't want to ask Richard in case I was wrong. I didn't want, to, so I was like, I was like, ah, I'm just yeah, not gonna. I, like with Richard's into your experience for the first time, I don't want to spoil really nothing for you. Like I'm trying to be like. I know. I know. Very, I like, it's real good. To use that too. Games, you know, the series for the first time. It did make it feel kind of broken sometimes because obviously you could use it and, you know, literally shoot and run. But it felt so good because they made it so loud <laughs> and just <laughs> like your whole hand gets jolted back. Like you knew, like, once this goes off, it's going down. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost never used it. except when the game made me pretty much the same here. And that's part, you know, I've one of the series of books I like is the Discworld series. I mean, you have the Assassin's Guild and. They like to think of it as a personal matter. It's a personal exchange. So, Especially in this game. To use a gun just takes away that personal aspect of it. Well, I mean, to quote Sniper Wolf, it's like sending a love letter, but the letter's <laughs> a bullet straight to their heart. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that, too. I love that series oh, so much. But also, the, the gun's not entirely like... The, the answer all to everything because you it does take up the hottest of minutes to warm that thing up and aim oh, it that's correctly. That's true. That's uh, you know, they, they had the balance it. Sense. But again, yeah. it felt so good to reload it too and just be like, I'm out, I'm out. Did it? Did anybody use poison? Yep, twice. Exactly <laughs> twice. Poison was fun. It was funny. It's pretty funny. <laughs> you just you felt bad I, like, for doing it. I literally felt too bad. 
I, I, I looked at it as I was using like the fear, the fear, the fear arrows in in uh, Tomb Raider because or one of those those who used those, the money. Who used well, the money I, escape to get out of oh, situations is what I want to Oh, I use that sometimes, too. I mean, I use the money to, I need to get at this guy. I've got too many people <laughs> and guards and money. Everybody run for the money. Okay, boom, you're dead. Bye. <laughs> I never did the money. I never did poison. I did the smoke bomb like once or twice in this game. I use money to get the fucking loot players away from me because God, those guys are fucking annoying. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I killed one one. That was not, that was a mistake. They got a very mad at me. I used the money sometimes. At first, I tried that with the guards at the bank or around the people, but it didn't last long enough. I mean, I'd be inside the bank getting what I need. Money, 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 codex page. <laughs> Go to head out, and oh, they're all back there again. And then, and then there's a new mechanic introduced in this game, which I think is probably the best mechanic you can introduce. You can now hire people to hide you and cause distractions. Yes. And, and my favorite one is the hookers because they just stand there and shake <laughs> their breast at the guys and they're like, oh, yeah, can't get a piece of that because I'm on the job. And you just sneak behind them and grab the codex page. You ever get really annoyed, though, that sometimes oh, yeah. they would just attract like two of them would just break off because they got attracted by a guard. So then you're like left with two and you're like, ah, two still hide you, though. I needed you. <laughs> I mean, it works. I... Like, I'm not mad, but like, I'm like, come on. I mean, they were good for distracting people so you could get in someplace. Also hiring some of the local thieves to cause a little distraction there. I think it was just kind of weird. I just I, I didn't I think it was a kind of a half baked mechanic because they all basically just did the same thing. It's just how do you feel like just distracting them? Would you want them to be distracted by running away to chase thieves? Do you just want them to sit in place and be distracted, or do you want them to be distracted because they're fighting? But it's all the same. They're just distracted. It you know? it it comes down to what you want done. I mean. With the one where I had to get rid of one of the assassination missions, where I have to get rid of five people. Oh, but you can't be spotted doing it. Right. But they were always, <laughs> like, the way that they did that was always by, like, let's just wall them off in an area and then, like, have, like, four guards at every entrance. So it's just, re- and then there would just be, you know, pick your guild that you want to do the job. And then that was kind of it. And then you just get in there and do the job. Well, the hardest one for me in that one was this one guy. He just keeps walking back and forth. I'm like, how am I going to get him? And then I just dawned on it. And then it sort of hit me. I mean, the ones that are on the rooftops, I just have to be sneaky, get into a hiding spot, do the ambush assassin that way. Oh, this guy's on the roof. Yoink! Splat! <laughs> Works for me! Okay, this guy's walking this path. And, oh, look, here's a haystack. Yoink! Voom. But mm-hmm. then that last one, I just like, hey! You guys fight him. Okay. I gave up on the uh, on this like on the perch kills and stuff when uh, when I got the throwing knives. I was generally good at killing him in one with one of them. So I just kind of was like, oh, this dude's on a roof, right? Dead. Did they ever explain that? Uh, or did did they have haystack kills in the first game? Yeah, no. they did. Did they? Yeah, they had haystack. I'm pretty sure. Or my no, I I'm pretty sure the second game is when you could finally hide. And because okay. I remember they showed off. They showed off the um, in the first gameplay for E3. They showed off like killing someone from a bench and then sitting them on the bench. I'm like, oh, oh that's yeah. cool. That didn't happen though, or that wait, that in this game? Yeah. Okay. This I never game, like I said, they they showed that was like a thing. They're like, yeah, we improved the uh, stealth mechanics a little bit by like giving you options like while you're hiding, and that was one of them. I'm like, oh, oh. that's when I like again the, the the signs were there that this game was something special before it even came out. Okay, I will have to. I'll have to remember that for when I play through it again for on my channel. 
I'm still working through MK. I'm still working through Assassin's Creed One on the channel. <laughs> no, yeah, it's... I remember all the gameplay takes place like in Venice because they had to show off all the mechanics, like not being able to die as soon as your pinky toe touched water, <laughs> which would make oh, sense. Yeah. Oh, in thank the God! Land of water, you know, so like most of the gameplay they showed off was all Venice because that was like the highlight area. Oh, that was well, so nice, and being able to swim in an area and. Yeah, because you could swim, you could also loot the little crafts that are all over the place. All the gondolas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was fun. fun. It it does a good job of letting you get, like, it wasn't that long before I was, like, I had my whole house maxed out and I didn't have to, like, all that. Upgrading the town is wonderful, by the way. Like, that's great. I love that economy system. It was good. That that was a blessing. It's a reward for being a collector. Everything you collect increases the value of the house. Every painting you buy, you get a bonus for finding all the treasures. Every feather you grab gives you 10 florins of, of uh, value to the house. <laughs> and they were actually generous about the real time it took to like put it in your chest. It wasn't like three hours. It was like every 10 minutes, like a normal thing, like a not <laughs> mobile game. <laughs> you know, rest in peace, proper time respecting mechanics. No, I think it was like 20, uh, 20 minutes. Although when I opened it up I'll take now, it. It wasn't an hour is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah no, like, I mean, because this wasn't, you know, this wasn't like, oh, hey, you can spend an extra $10 to get done a little bit faster. <laughs> like, you know, it's not that time. I think, like, to fully max it out, you'd have to be playing. It would ha- be a total game time of an hour, 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, but I mean, like, it didn't, it wasn't like, oh, no, we don't give you anything in that hour, you know? Like, this game's like, oh, yeah, it'll, it accumulates by X amount per minute until it's full, and then you have to go get it. But at that point, like, once you're... It notifies game, you, I think, every quarter. Right. And, and the good thing about it, though, too, is, like, once you max it out, like, even the first deposit is, like, amazing, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, like I... enough to get anything you need done. I think by the time I finished it, I was, like, I had, like, over 800,000 florins carrying money. And that's when I started flinging my money around using that mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> but this is something I noticed now because I opened it up for a refresher and I was actually looking at the database a little bit. That's another nice thing they added. Oh, yes, correct. To, because not only it gives you some actual facts about the people as well as uh, the altered timeline facts for the game and locations. That was a nice way of knowing there's something at a location when you see it pop up on your screen database. and. Hello, there's this little symbol here. There must be a sigil on this building, or there's a tomb in this building. But they wouldn't let you mark the building, you know? They just had to give it still a little bit of a puzzle for you to be like, you got to still got to figure it out where it is in the neighborhood. Well, that's, yeah, that was a bit. Well, that was when you had to use your eagle vision. Yeah, but sometimes I mean, like the building itself sometimes. Stuff. I'm like, this looks like a church in the middle of a bunch of churches, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know which building I'm supposed to be eagle visioning, but yeah. Yeah, but I was like, and when steps, you finally find, when you finally <laughs> find, like, oh, and then it's another puzzle. It's a thinker puzzle. I, I admit, I had to look up some of those. Yep. When I was doing the truth for the first time, I was like, yeah, no way. I'm not. I'm not playing this game with them. <laughs> I think the only thing I had to say, I could say bad about the the whole truth thing. I liked that you had to figure things out. And maybe it was because of how difficult some of those other puzzles were that once you found every one of the sigils, it automatically put it in order. I think a little part of me is like, okay, I'm watching this, so this is here. This should go behind that and before that. 
I would have loved to actually had to try and put them in order myself. But that's me. I like I that kind of puzzle. Mean. At least the puzzles themselves weren't as difficult. I feel like in Brotherhood, though, they got unfairly weird and cryptic. <laughs> I can't remember them I because like I them. never do them. You just now I'll have or... to go into it. Now I can't wait to start Brotherhood. <laughs> Brotherhood's probably like my peak. Like this is this is what a sequel of a game should be. <laughs> I would still say it's not as big of a jump as it was when the two was. But in terms of like even more refinement, absolutely yes. It's, oh, it's yeah. pretty much the peak. Mm-hmm. From what I vaguely remember, yes. I will say though that Ezio's like normal design from two, I like it the most. I still like it more than um, his Grandmaster Master Assassin look. On Revelations, yeah. Well, even I don't like even, Revelations. In, even in Brotherhood, I, I still like. I think two is like he had a better outfit. It's more iconic I, to me. I think it's it's the black with the beard what does it for me. At the end of this game, where he's like thirty ish and he just has like <laughs> full on beard and just oh, it's the hunk of man meat. <laughs> one Italian stallion, that is for sure. Uh, oh, and, and to and to go back about like the tombs. I love the tombs in this. I love that feature. I was talking a little bit like and how much more complicated they get as the game progresses. Like they get very, very complicated and not too unfair either. No, no. I had to look up a little bit because I was just being I was just being stumped on something that wasn't hard. They're very intuitive when you go through them. Yeah, because they do a nice little pan as soon as you're in there. So that's like showing you that like this is the route. But doing it itself is still just difficult enough because of the game itself. And uh, we'll say that the mobility still isn't perfect in terms of like, you know, knowing what ledge you're going for and stuff like that. But it, it does pretty well. It's in I think it's only in one tomb that you get in, introduced to one mechanic that when I first was playing through it until I really got to see how it was to be performed in that tomb. I had gotten every feather except one that was in Florence. And it's because it used that jump up and run to the side on the wall mechanic mm, mm-hmm. so and you, do, could, you have to do a run and then like quickly move right or left whichever way you're trying to go and then whatever yeah, the jump button is yeah yeah i could not get that one and i'm like i am probably going to have this one be my not be able to get and then when i see how to do it in the one tomb with those damn timers i do not necessarily like the timers because yes. they're those annoying. they're annoying yeah they're annoying and uh in certain ones it just like so I've got to reset this timer every time I make an advancement. And if I make a goof, I'm like, ah, fuck. Speaking have of timers, re-move. the timers when you're tailing somebody and they consider just breaking line of sight to start the timer annoyed me so much. And they mm-hmm. kept that, too. That, that They kept that, I think, throughout all the FCO Assassins games. Yeah, they do. I'm like, come on. I know I have. I, he's not a baby. OK, we played as him as a baby. He's not a baby anymore. He has object permanence. He can absolutely guess the trajectory of somebody and go there without a timer of only 25 seconds. <laughs> Weird. I it's mean, just a video game being a video game. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. It does make sense that if you lose track of them, you do need to quickly reestablish that line, of, line sight of sight. Because let's face it, if you're following somebody, obviously you don't want them to know you're following them, but if you're following somebody and you lose sight of them, you go into a bit of a panic. And that's not the only game I've seen it in. I've seen that in other games as well that that aren't even, quote, open world. I saw the line of sight, the, quote, breaking of the line of sight, a timer popping up in uh, Sherlock Holmes, The Devil's Daughter, which I'm playing through right now. That happens in there, too. You have to trail someone, but if you lose their 
them lose sight of them, you need to either quickly reestablish that sight or you're definitely going to lose them. Point taken. Counterpoint, Jacopo was 80. I don't think he was going to go anywhere in that 25 seconds that I couldn't follow. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fair, fair point. Some of these dudes you chase are portly dudes, old dudes. <laughs> yeah, they ain't moving that fast. And they literally aren't moving that fast. You, It's one of those things, too, where like they walk faster than your walk animation, but slower than your run animation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's a fair point, too. There's, there's a uh, also a uh, an invisible timer moment that I like that's in the beginning of the game where you, I think you're in a I think it's your first crypt that you're doing to get the first piece for the armor. And there's a guy you have to chase and assassinate. Yeah, and my first one. My moment lined up just perfectly where like I'm on I'm like going up the stairs and the guy's like yelling like guys the assassin's here oh my god but they didn't hear him and I got him like that last second before he was able to warn everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> and then things didn't go very well for him yeah and then I was like am I supposed to go in there and fight all those guys it's like no I can just keep going just go up the ladder anytime I don't fight guys in this game I was disappointed I'm like come on <laughs> <laughs> come on you didn't do all this combat just for me to be stealthy did you <laughs> <laughs> nah, the, the guys that what really get me is to like kill 50 dudes. Come on. <laughs> one, of one, one of the ones that really get me are the, the, the beginning of the game is those guys that are fully armored. Those guys almost killed me like bad at one point. Yeah. Yeah. They're scary at first for those because they're like double axe wielding fully armored dudes who kill you in one hit and they have unblockable attacks. So you have to like know how to dodge. Yeah, they, they were tough. Fun, though, once you uh, once you counter once you can counter. Countering can be fun. Countering can be a pain in the ass. I, I, I enjoyed some of the fi- I did enjoy a good deal of the fighting in the game, but when you start learning properly using some of the other mechanics in the game, it's like, why fight if I don't have to in this situation? I mean, you fight the guards at a bank, then you have to get your notoriety cleared out or be, if, get anonymous again just so you can enter it. It's like, once you f- start fighting, it's like, boom, you can't enter the place. Yeah, then you have to find your wanted posters, and that wasn't really fun, I would say, as a mechanic, yeah. Wanted posters, they're fine if you don't have, uh, limiting them is fine if you don't have uh, money to bribe somebody. Once you have the money to bribe somebody, it's like, here, shut up about this. Okay. Or you could kill uh, one witness. Yeah, I like killing the witnesses when you got high enough. That was a good way to get it down. Like seventy five. Also, it's so funny uh-huh. that like you could do it in the middle of everybody, and then no one's like. It'd be funnier if it was like you have to like kill them where there's no one, otherwise uh, someone else becomes a witness to the witness. <laughs> <laughs> you start killing everybody. I, I think in the later games they do do that because I think if you kill someone and someone sees it, it's like twenty five percent. So if you kill a witness, it'll lower seventy five. But if someone sees you do it, you'll still have that last twenty five percent still there. That's, That's nice. cool. Okay. Keep note of that. I look forward to getting the Brotherhood because I have no like I have no memory of Brotherhood really other than I love it. Do do we want to go through the goofy story real quick? Sure, please. We should. Uh, of this one. <laughs> so you see yourself being born. <laughs> Which is cool. But you also have the whole entrance of is it blood that's written on the walls? They just clean it up and you can see it with your eagle vision. Yeah, it's yeah. uh subject sixteen, the guy that before you died wrote on the wall in blood in his blood. Yeah. And uh, I, I like I, we were talking about earlier, but I like the moment of uh, what the fuck is his name? Desmond Desmond walking out and there's other cubicles that have tons of like animuses in it. And you're just the only one who's special who gets your own big room for some reason. Mm, well, you're probably you're also a prisoner. Yeah. yeah, I'm assuming other people 
as we see later on in the series, actually are working, you know, for the Templars. Uh, I think four gives you the most insight onto that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like what they're doing. And uh, you end up getting Desmond out and uh, Lucy shows that she's fully capable of whooping five guys asses at once. And then you're introduced to the uh, the loser brigade of assassins, which is uh, you have the British guy Sean and the Hastings. Asian girl. Yeah, Sean Hastings and Rebecca. And Rebecca. Sean's such an asshole. I yes, think he is. Such a huge bastard in like the beginning of two. And you're introduced to an Animus 2.0, which is established throughout this this game. Is I think it's supposed to actually teach Desmond how to be an assassin without training him physically. Yeah, that's what they're up to. I mean, because they're trying to get him ready for this eventual war or some, something like that. And you know it's 2.0 because it's gamer red or racer red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's smaller, too. Yeah. It's thinner. Yeah. And you can be in, like, the proper position, not just flat on a, like, no-pillowed surface. <laughs> I, yes. I, bet, I bet at some point, I'm surprised they don't have a throwaway line where Desmond's like, I have huge back problems from sitting on this thing for like 48 hours straight. Oh, he should have said it when Ezio was complaining about his back. When he's climbing, like, you sit in this chair for 20 hours. Um, so you're, you're introduced to, to Ezio Auditore de Firenze. I completely butchered that. Who is our main character. And you see him being born. You throw the little baby fisticuffs. And I I think, Mike, you have a joke for the title cards, don't you? For what? For like whenever a title card, the, the, the name of the game shows up in the game. I just make comments about it, especially your movies. I, Press Y to win. Press Y to win. <laughs> it's mine. I, I love the the Assassin's Creed 2 logo popping up in this game because it's a really like beautiful moment because you dick around as Ezio and you meet his family and uh, the brother challenge you to a race up a bell tower and you both uh, eagle dive off of it, don't you? Yes. And so far, yeah, they set up all that time so that you know that Ezio is A, feisty, B, very rich, and C, as a family man's. Yeah, and then all that gets taken away, which is part of the reason why I love the story. It's very much a coming of age for uh, a young man becoming and doing what he has to do. And I think that's the reason why a lot of people fall in love with this game, because one isn't very heavy, uh, story heavy at all. It's mostly focused on gameplay. And I'm glad that they decided to go the alternate route where a lot of the games are just really, really more heavily story based as opposed to, you know, just being gameplay. Oh, yeah, they yeah. also established he's a heck of a womanizer. He's a ladies' man. He's a man's man. <laughs> yes, they do. So are most of the male characters in this. Like, they're all just forced. Yeah, I had to, I had to admit, I got a good laugh when his mother chastised him. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, making sure his mind is somewhere else other than vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Although I want to say this, though, um, uh, Joe, when you were going through his whole name there, that's uh-huh. an old... Uh, that was an old custom, I think, that was bat down in down in Italy. I don't know if it was in other parts of the world, but Ezio Auditore da Ferenzi is basically Ezio Auditore from Florence. Right, Leonardo da Vinci. You know, Leonardo, Leonardo from, from Vinci. Yeah, because yeah, Leonardo never had a family name. I believe he was a, like a love child or a bastard child. Well, so he, I mean, like other artists, he could have, you know, Michelangelo doesn't even get a, he doesn't even get a city. Well, he got one name recognition. That was that was. El Greco just got his name. Ninja Turtle. He didn't even get a name. He just got El location. So you know, he's he's just a Greek dude. Dude, name is El Greco. Yeah, I uh, I do love uh, how much of a bro Leonardo is in this mo- in this game. It's it's such a it's a great bromance throughout the series. 
It is. Really is. I, I love their relationship in this. <laughs> Truly, he was best girl for the series, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and how much he plays a part in the story. Like, you see him in the intro, and then, like, just everything that they do, just, it really affects where the like where things are going here. And, yeah. I, and I love that. I think it's funnier when you kill a man, and he's like, oh, just throw it with the other bodies, and Ezio's like, other bodies... Yeah, well, yeah, they donated it to me. You know, yeah, the city's given to me. It's whatever. It's whatever. We're Renaissance. It's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's such a good scene though, too. Yeah. Uh, he's like, "Why'd you kill other people?" I'm like, what the fuck? But uh, Ezio's family's betrayed, and you you go through all that ordeal, and they they hang only the men, which I think is a thing that they did back then. Yeah, and they yeah. rape the woman. So I mean, there's that too. Yeah, and <laughs> your your mother goes comatose. Mute. Mute. She's. She's from shock. She has a she's shock. basically catatonic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, they killed two of her kid and her husband. And one of them is a kid kid. Like he's like, yeah, 10. he's like yeah. 10. Patricio. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Eight. Yeah. And he fucking a, just hang him. He was a sickly child. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's 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 fucked they up. They didn't take his feathers. That's why you collect the feathers. And like I said, I can understand that one. Yeah. You got all of them, right, Richard? Yes. Yes. OK. Yeah. Uh, Mike, do you, uh, Alan, you know what happens when you get all of them? You get a cape. Besides that, she gets not catatonic. Yeah, the, yeah, she's not she's not catatonic. I, there, I don't well. know if there's like what the tangible. She thanks you. She yes. thanks you for being. I think she said it's about being a good son. You're right. Makes sense. Yeah, um, because in Brotherhood, just to spoil it, she's not like that. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Madre. But uh, what is it? You end up escaping town and getting out through the help of the weirdos that you're helping your dad deliver notes to. And, like random uh, rabble rousers in the community, the local like peasantry thief. No courtesans, I don't think, but definitely no, thieves and like randos. There's a courtesan. Like oh yeah, a courtesan. Okay. Yeah the 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 guy the the thief guy that has a courtesan person with him. That's the guy right. that goes. That's the guy that goes. You yeah. better run for it, boy, and you fucking haul ass. Right. <laughs> um. And and you can tell like Ezio this whole time is kind of like I don't know why what hmm weird yeah, that I'm associating with these people and my father was. He was clueless about it. His father was a banker. Right. That was he his public face. And usually courtesans and thieves don't really mess with bankers unless it's at knife point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, but they're doing what they do for the city, too. So it, it's also very movie wise, like like modern day of, do you know who your father was? Boy, oh, my father worked a simple desk job. Nah, he was the one. And now you're the one. <laughs> so now you and your eclectic group of you know, rabble rousers are going to, you know, rebel, rebel revenge. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, yes. Yeah. But yeah, you leave town then and. Yeah. And then you, you, you meet the weirdest Easter egg in video game history. <laughs> I know what you're talking it's about. It's a me, Mario. It's a me, your Uncle Mario. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's I'm so from, stupid. I remember first playing that. This is what I, set the seeds for Mario and Rabbids, by the way, you guys. Ubisoft was playing the long game. <laughs> that's so weird i need to play those games someday they're good surprisingly and i really want to play them i just i haven't gotten around to it uh you, you're introduced to you know your uncle's estate and i think it's i think your whole family estate technically isn't it yeah yeah and, uh, i think it's your whole family yeah yeah from there the As story goes people do they have a whole summer town not just a summer home a summer town that summer they town well, yeah you I gotta mean, that, have that was kind of like th- that age though i mean you had people who were you know they, that's how rich they were, and that's how things were. And that's how they made a good portion of their money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, if I'm going to have a summer home, I might as well have a summer town. I mean, I'm not going to go 50 miles out to get to my, my wine and my hookers. 
So mm-hmm. I might as well just have it in my own town. Yeah, you just have the courtesan building right in town. Hey, yeah, yeah, a little fun. <laughs> so, I mean, and then the story really just kind of goes as you follow from point to point as you're assassinating different people, trying to find out more about who killed your father, who was all involved. And it does a good job of that, of leading you on this whole journey. Yeah, it all, does. You're, it kind of is an RPG. I mean, yeah. you start off, uh, you know, small, beating up local thugs to fisticuffs with the Pope. and i like how it takes you 20 some years that you're hunting this one guy the spaniard who killed your father and you're i mean you're just hunting that fucker forever and i really like that it's it's not an rpg it's a metroidvania he's got a point on there for some is metroidvania ish you literally needed someone to teach you how to reach your hand out to grab ledges weirdly yeah yeah that was a bit of a trick when i got to venice (laughs) (laughs) and i not wrong. Nobody had to teach you how to swim, but boy, <laughs> grabbing, grabbing with your hand—that's that's that's apparently wasn't on the list. <laughs> I also forgot that the the flying machine part. I completely forgot that that was in this game too. I thought that was Brotherhood also. Yeah, I that off in all the in in like yeah that the demo thing that was awesome. I have <laughs> to say this: that was slightly frustrating. Yeah, the controls for that and the gondola were not very intuitive at all. The gondola controls gondola, are pretty bad. Well, the gondola is easier to maneuver, uh, work with than that that flying machine. You'd be surprised how for some for for like having a whole rudder, all you can kind of really do is go forward, and then turning is apparently like a twenty year process. Yeah, but uh, I'm talking about you know you're flying along and uh, I'm losing. Li- oh, there's a fire! Fire! Yeah, finding the fires. Yes, it. Uh, yeah, it was I, a neat mechanic for sure. But like on paper, but you you fall way too fast. I think. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. And again, turning takes a millennia. He grew that whole beard just turning. <laughs> I hate it. I did not like using when you had to fly. I took me. It took me a bit. I died a bunch of times before I got that part to work. And yeah. If I'm, returns in Brotherhood, so be prepared for that. That's what I thought. Cause I, I, I do remember a woman in a red dress and flying to get to her with a with a thing. And I, I'm like, that, that can't, can't be this game. And it wasn't. But. It's just, oh yeah, you'll, you'll see what we mean, Richard, how much this, how much brotherhood in this game will just kind of feel like the same thing almost. <laughs> yeah. But in a good well, way. And hopefully that would mean they only really have uh, one or two mandatory flying sections. I mean, yeah, I stumbled only... across another one. Yeah, and... definitely. It doesn't overstay its welcome for sure. What little it has. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the story just keeps going of you assassinating different people following the story to eventually get to the Spaniard. You meet other assassins who then train you abilities who then you find out are all part of this assassin group and that the main gist of the story yeah that's the that reveal at the end of all that is very very nicely done well then we have to talk about the actual ending after the fisticuffs with the pope huh but uh, before we get that i do want to talk about the the fisticuffs with the pope because it brings up something that will be throughout the series but i i did the, my probably moment that also gave me like a weird like I thought this was earlier in the game is the moment with uh, Ezio becoming a full assassin and then burning his finger and then they force you to do a time skip, which I think it's pretty funny. I am with you. I also thought it was earlier than it is. I thought that was a title card moment where they make him an assassin and then he jumps off. No, it's off. like way later. You actually yeah, meet, yeah. like fight the Pope before he's the Pope. And then you get you have that whole scene where you basically essentially follow your other's footsteps completely. And then during that time skip, he becomes the Pope. Yeah. Yeah. But you're uh, during this Pope fight, it's established that there are more pieces of Eden and that the apples are dog shit, uh, dog shit antiques that people just find for some reason. <laughs> like they made they mass produce those suckers. 
Yeah. That's why <laughs> yeah, they just use them to control people. But this they're one awesome. does come with the stick, though. This is a special one. You know, it has a stick to, to hold it. Well, yeah, it's two pa- you need both parts to open that secret area. And the only way you hold that stick is if you become the Pope. You know, lots of implications there. Yeah. Like, why <laughs> but, does the Pope have this stick? But yeah. You, yeah, you find out the apples are mass-produced and that they're basically like the like the, the basic bitch of uh, pieces of Eden, as they're basically called throughout the series. But you, you kind of get hints as to what other pieces are throughout history if you really, really think about it. Uh, I think given a, one example, like a Thor's hammer is one, and so is Excalibur. Oh, that's it cool. Makes sense. Basically, yeah. anything mythology related is basically a precursor item, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I love uh, how this game introduces that really, like you know, so early in the series. Like, I mean, you have the Apple Eden in the first game, but you don't really know a whole lot about it. And here, you find out there are more and what's going on. And they're very you know, powerful. Mm-hmm. During the first game, when they put that that first disclaimer that this game was made by a multicultural team made up of various religions, cultures, and creeds. In the first game, I'm like, oh, it's neat, cool. It's It was doing the ending of this game and finding out, like, oh, they're really just making a, a farce out of the entire uh, Christian religion. I was like, I see why they put that disclaimer in. <laughs> they really did not want to make people angry. Uh, oh. Having the, the Pope himself describe his religion that he's the leader of as a big lie was, like, bold. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That is a fair thing. Although, oh. and the fact that it, that particular Pope is, the Bor- is, uh, is of the Borgia family... Yeah, I could see it. I'm actually saying that. True, we could, I think, but I feel like the general population or general audiences of this game would have been like, like they have no idea. I don't know. There, there's a really good moment which uh, proves this game has aged well and hasn't at the same time. Where I think you, it's where uh, the Pope Borgia gets away, and Ezio's like yelling at the crowd about like, don't, don't listen to religion if you're not, you know, just because you uh, blindly follow it and all this other stuff and everything. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, huh. Someone should really do this in this day of 2023. It could really be needed. And again, no one chased him either. No one. No one. He said all that in the in the Pope's house of Vatican City. No one chased <laughs> him out with pitchforks and torches. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we've gotten to a point that we can expect. We don't. I think we've gotten to the point that the Vatican hides its own set of secrets, and we don't really take everything they say at face value anymore. Oh, you brought up something that. Off topic, but on topic at the same time. Uh, there's actually a girl that went missing in the Vatican uh, in like the early 2000s. There's a documentary on Netflix. I for, It's called like Lost Girl or something. Lost Girl Vatican. And like as the mystery goes on, it's pretty much like they didn't figure out for sure, but they were pretty damn sure the Vatican themselves. Like what they think happened is one of the priests was getting a little too touchy with this girl and then decided to, oh, we'll make her disappear instead. Well, maybe she's Juno, just hiding in the basement of the Vatican with a pre-recorded message for (laughs) someone else in the future named Desmond. That that part is so creepy. It's terrifying. Desmond, who is this? I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Desmond. Like what? What Who is Desmond? That is that is a little bit that blew my mind. I was like, whoa. And and it Mm -hmm. ends it ends with what everybody simultaneously said at the same time. What the fuck? Even yeah. Desmond goes, "What the fuck?" Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, which is and the right thing to say about. in that situation. <laughs> and that's yeah. when you find out about 2012 being, you know, you know, the end of days and all that fun stuff that you know divides like what all the content pre 2012, you know, when they could use that as a potential plot point to now afterwards, where it's like, eh, nope. <laughs> I mean, te- technically, it happened. I mean, 2012 didn't happen, so yeah, maybe we did. Des- Desmond did save us. Right, IRL. <laughs> oh my goodness. Look at it that way. 
we but I mean, like no other free. franchise, right, can can do that, right? Like, yeah. Any you new don't IP know how, how much I was praying before that 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 was basically a load of hokum. Oh, they they say the world's going to end every like three years. It's whatever. <laughs> my my yeah, dad keeps telling me the world's going to end in 2030. I'm like, okay. I mean, the spa- when you talk about like a specific date, I mean, it was it was part off. of me that would worry about would worry about that. And then of course, uh, I uh, you know once I became a father and. Yeah, I hope that's not true. Otherwise, somebody's sixth birthday is really going to suck. And they did, you know, in Assassin's Creed, it's what? The sun? A sunspot? A giant solar flare? Something to do with the sun? Yeah, Yeah, I think it's been a while. Whereas for us, you know, it's climate change, potentially. Eh. It has to do with the sun. The sun is kind of a big part of it. Yeah, I mean. I mean, we already see we we can get an idea what uh, what this world will become after something like that happening. Just read the Maze Runner series or Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> I love, love Maximum Overdrive. Thank you for for bringing that up, Alan. No one ever brings those books up. I appreciate that. Oh I, yeah, and the and the movie, the short movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's the movie with the cars, right? That's the technically walk. the sun's fault, right? That's the sun causing like radio interference and then cars. Oh, I thought it was just cars. That was just climate change. I'm looking up maximum overdrive. If I remember correctly, it's the truck with the green face in the front. The Green Goblin, yeah. 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 They paid so much money for that fucking Green Goblin. Face. I had to ask him, like, that is literally a Spider-Man thing, right? That's a, how did they do that? Yeah, they, they needed something modern, and uh, Stephen King was like, I will give you so much money for to let us do that. And Marvel's like, okay. And while we're also spending money, let's get ACDC to, like, play a song, to get the lights rights to that to play the beginning Black Sabbath. I can't remember what song it is. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen the movie in a while, but it's a good fucking Forever. movie. It's, it's good cheese. It's good cheese. Yeah, Stephen King uh, makes good cheese movies. According and, to what the movie, I'm just looking that movie up. It was a UFO that caused it. Yes, a UFO. It's not that like it's not like at the time of this recording, they haven't confirmed aliens or not. <laughs> oh yeah, they just did, didn't they? Yeah, no one gave a shit. Well, I mean, I could have told. I mean, I've been saying there's aliens around for a while just because there's too much shit that. Yeah, I definitely subscribe to the theory. We're like, you know, both possibilities are equally scary. Sure. Yeah. Either both we're super alone, scary or we're not alone. Kind of scary. You know, both yeah. possibilities are equally scary. I think Arthur C. Clarke said that. Yeah. And I still like to believe that there's intelligent life in space. It's the life that's not visiting us. There's there's no way there's not intelligent life out there. No I way. mean, let's face it. Look at all the stuff that we've had in our media with the animation with the uh, anime and the, the hentai and the and the galaxy <laughs> of terror you know yeah, that's that, 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 that information that stuff is all a treasure trove it's too much of a treasure trove for them they're like this is a gold mine of resources these humans are into the freaky shit and even the times we have interfered it just gave them more ideas for the hentais oh my goodness yeah, they oh, they them. oh my god, how did they go, come up with this? Let's get stuff? rid of this place. Let's make sure, you know, all that low life, they can go there. They're on their truck stop run. Oh, I need oh. some fun. Oh, what damn. Well, I heard about this play. We're in the backwater <laughs> section of the <laughs> like district of the universe. You can turn. I did not expect what, what's, even, what's even worse is you know, aliens are never going to exist because they see how we treat each other. You imagine aliens coming down going to have the exact same situation where they're going to be calling Superman an illegal alien in the movies, yeah. which... I, I mean, <laughs> tied to that relay stuff, it's, it's really hard to say, because it's like, man, it's so it's so amazing that this one country, ours, is the one that can, like, is just so good at covering up, you know? So good. 
I mean, to be fair, I'm pretty sure. And no other country, because the Earth is a big place. They've all been so good at equally covering it up, you know? It just seems weird, Mm. you know? There's also also a real-life event where at some point, I forget, I don't remember the context of the story, but I heard it on the podcast, Geekbox. Uh, He was talking about, I think it was, where there was some event where almost all the media kind of had the same message. Like everybody was reporting on it, kind of had the same thing. And no, it wasn't. It was no match of fantasy. And there, there, and you know, so there are certain things I think sometimes I would not be surprised that like people kind of like, yeah, we're going to keep this quiet. So, but yeah, no, I, I completely believe there's aliens to, to go along with that. But I, yeah, there's just no way there can't be. We can't. We're, there's no way we're the only thing in this world. So, for this so universe, hard to pivot because we never talked about it. The music of this game. It's oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, the music's really good. Like I, we never I, ever touched on how like they did a great job of like fusing the 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 Renaissance strings and and stuff like that to the like modern day like synth that they added in and the chorus. Like, oh man, when you're just running around the world, the ambient music is just so good, so well done. It is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It does a really good job of keeping. I played this entire game with music on. Because I just enjoyed never do anything the song. like it again. Yeah, not even in Brotherhood is it like this. Well, this was a different time. I mean, this was such a big game that they were doing, and this wasn't. This is before they were like, you know, like we said earlier, every year. Like this was just something so different. This was, yeah, we did some good things in the first one, and we did some bad things in the first one. This is so. The second one is an apology. For the bad things we did. <laughs> I mean, the first one, it's just, it's of its time. You know, it was a brand new series and a brand new game. Like, you know, they were just learning and people give it way too much shit that it doesn't deserve. Just because yeah. this game is so fucking good. Yeah, I never really heard too much. Like, to me, all the all the negatives of this game mostly came out after the fact. That, you know, oh. upon revisits. I feel like at the time, this game was universally critically acclaimed and loved by audiences, you know. And again, I, I think I talk about this every time I talk about sequels from this era. None of them missed, you know. If this was an apology to one, what was two? I guess it was two. I get, maybe that's it, right? Every single one is just kind of an apology for the first one being okay, right? Could be. I, I mean, kind of. I, I mean, I will say this. Except for I Leopard mean, at Two. Apparently, Leopard at Two needed an apology for <laughs> existing. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. I I said before, first one makes me really appreciate the beauty of the holy lands and while yes it is set back about close to a thousand years in the past it's beautiful it i mean i just recently redid the whole rich district of acre section except for the assassination yet i'll be doing that again in the near future but i'm looking at that and i'm like this is this is why i always heard my grandmother speak of how beautiful the Holy Land is and how she always wanted to go there. And I'm looking, you know, you're standing or crouching, perched on top of the (laughs) cross of the church and acre. And you are looking at this beautiful surrounding and like, it makes sense. It makes sense. And you get those feelings too in, in definitely got it in this one. When you got to those viewpoints that you could look around and observe Venice, observe Florence, observe Tuscany, all the areas you just soaked in the beauty of it from such a high vantage point. I mean, you're not going to necessarily get that anymore today with all the pollution in the air, but (laughs) it's the beauty. You got the visual beauty. 
good music in the background. You've got the audio beauty. You've got great mechanics in the gameplay. That's another level of beauty to it. How smooth the story went. That's a beauty. This was a work of art. Yeah, to, yeah. to piggyback off, these games are what made me jealous of some of like sometimes what game devs get to do, which is do traveling, you know, research, go to these places, you know, study them, you know, soak in the architecture, the atmosphere, all of that, because that will bring more soul into your game. But it also is a, like, I think a good lesson even for its players to like go out, see the world. Like these games look great, but my God, if you're there, like you're rewarded just in and of itself by being there, you know, like, you know, Italy's beautiful. All of its cities are beautiful. The Holy Land is beautiful. You know, uh, these are wonders of architecture from the generations, you know, uh, seeing what people could do in with, with the limited technology they had in like, you know, uh, in, in 2000 BC or sorry, 200 BC and the 1400s and so on and so forth. I would say up until probably Valhalla, you know, I don't necessarily find their the early huts <laughs> pretty beautiful. <laughs> They're just straw houses with stone. And most of it's Roman anyway, just taken over. So, you know, cheating. <laughs> I I do like Valhalla. I like it. I'm kind okay, of. I, yeah, the forests are good. And, yeah, I'm, you know. Yeah, I'm kind of sick of listening. I'm kind of sick of. I'm all. Uh, I'm all. Uh, Norse all mythology. I'm, I'm all Norse mythology out due to Valhalla and God of War. And also because of the fact that no one can enjoy Norse mythology anymore because white supremacists took it over. But I'm excited to see where the series goes, especially because one of the ones that's really surprised me is that they say they're making a game taking place during the witch trials. So I'm ex- really excited to see where they're going to go with that. Yeah, yeah that'd be interesting. Hey, that's actually a city. Trials. If they do it in Boston, that's a city that I'll actually be visiting. <laughs> so <laughs> I can they already have some of the assets from area. Assassin's Creed Three, right? They can just use a lot of that. Oh yeah, because you do. I think yeah, you do go to Boston in that game. Well, York yeah, but stuff. you're also talking like witch trials is like 1600s too. Mm-hmm. Is it 1600s? Or yes, like 18. It is 16, huh? Yeah, so it'd even be predating three, huh? Yep. Yeah, that'll be cool. To, I mean, there's a, you know, there's still a lot there. That'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm just happy to be playing the series again. See, I thought they were gonna go like the like northern England instead of southern England. Where the they were gonna go like northern England. That's where all the quote unquote you know pagan barbarian whatever stuff is. I haven't I haven't bought or played Valhalla yet. I'm very interested in it, but because I'm you know it's going to be years before I actually, if I continue with this cycle, it's going to be years before I get to it. I skipped Odyssey and Origins and went to Valhalla for that game because I I I'd heard a lot that Origins was great, but Odyssey was a bloat, you know, too much. So I'm, I was like, and I wasn't a fan. Like I I didn't out of protest, I didn't play them either yeah. at that time. But I think I'll I'll go back and revisit them now. And I like Valhalla, but it's a time sink. Odyssey. Yeah, that's another reason why I'm like, I, I don't like super large games. Like, I put 30 hours into this game, and I didn't do everything. I did a majority of stuff. I mean, some, there, I would say about four or five hours of that might have been idle time. <laughs> why it was just on and paused while doing other things. But, like, <laughs> you know, so it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, it wasn't too long. Like, this game, you know, well, didn't feel too much. Like, I'm about to play Immortals Phoenix Rising later uh, next month, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's going to be a fucking time thing. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I've never played it myself. <laughs> it's but, it's Ubisoft's. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's Ubisoft's Breath of, uh, Breath, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know it's going to be a fucking time thing, but I mean, at the same time, I'm like, yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll keep me busy for two weeks. I'm sure. At least because it's Breath of the Wild, though, it might be a better Breath of Fresh Air than Valhalla even would be. Yeah, there, there's no breakable weapon, so it's fine. I'll be okay then. I have actually have not played Breath of the Wild very much, but I'm going to be remedying that also later this year or next year, early next year. I gotta get back to Breath of the Wild. 
<laughs> I got to get back to Tears of the Kingdom. Actually, Same. I beat the game, but I haven't like shored up on uh, all the things. I mean, right now, my big time sink for like on the channel, Sherlock Holmes Chapter One. I mean, I'm 32 and a half. 32 and a quarter hours into that game, and I am not getting into the final case because I'm trying to do all those <laughs> side cases. But I got to say this. 18, it's like late 18th, uh, no, late 19th century Cordova. It's beautiful. It's exploration, finding mysteries, solving mysteries, learning about Sherlock's past. It's a beautiful game to play. I'm enjoying it. And that's right. from a relatively small developer and publisher, right? Focus? Uh, Not Focus. Frogwares. Frogware. I know you You guys want to talk about Time Sync. I'm playing Baller's Gate 3 with my husband. That game has already been confirmed for 180 hours, like minimum. Ooh, right. Holy so you moly. With your beard being longer than Ezio's for sure by the time you're done. <laughs> that's yeah, too much. I can't. There's too many games. There's too many games coming out this year that I, I don't even want to touch, like your Diablos and Baller's Gate until like later because like i want to try to get through the smaller experiences you know alan wake 2 might be i would think a smaller oh, one mirage i forgot about alan wake 2 god uh, i mean we got spider-man 2 Spider these are all games that will pro and spider-man 2 is i think going to probably fall in a lot of these like in the category of these older sequels like assassin's creed 2 where it's just it's going to take i think hopefully it takes a lot of the things that made the first one good expand yeah. upon them and make them really good really shine yeah Jumping on that weird bad wagon, uh, that is essentially what the point of Origins and Odyssey is. Odyssey has a lot of, what is it called whenever they fix stuff for gamers? Something of life. Quality of life. Quality, quality of life. life. Yeah, uh, Odyssey has a lot of quality of life updates for Origins because Origins is very much them trying something new. And they did, They kind of missed the, the nail with the hammer on that one a couple of times. Word of warning for the future. <laughs> Where did you get this information that Baldur's Gate has over a hundred hours on it they tell you there's an interview because they had a whole they had a whole uh press junket thing yeah press conference that that's where the video comes from where you can see one of the characters having sex with the bear <laughs> right it's twice now this is came up in the podcast <laughs> i mean i just looked up Baldur's gate on how long to beat and it's like main story 23 hours main an extra 34 hours completionist 70 and a half hours are you is that Baldur's gate one no that's Baldur's gate three Oh, that's because it's the it's on a it's on pre uh it's pre release oh, it's right in now. Oh, pre alpha, yeah. yeah so you're talking about like the so that, the that thing. Yeah, that means the that means the uh, uh the first act could be up to seventy hours. <laughs> and that's there's three acts. Oh boy, that is Nutella nutty. My goodness, that's too much. <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean, like my game to be that long. Fun, I'm for it. Why not? Right? That just means that they love they love what they did. Uh, <laughs> Is it is it a sixty dollar game or seventy dollars? I pay I pay for the for the ultimate edition, so I bought the seventy dollar one. But that's the ultimate. That's its highest tier. Is still only ten dollars more than the standard. I think so. So I think the base game's like fifty. Take notes, developers. I mean, I think they're actually. I heard a couple of rumors that like a couple of developers are mad at this game for something, but I don't know what. <laughs> kind of like how like people got mad, like some of the I think that some developers got mad at Elden Ring for like there being like no side quests and. Like the success that it got, I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering. Yeah, you could be completely right on. So yeah, could be. Uh, I have all no I, idea. All I can be glad is is that uh, Mirage is coming out this year, which I'll probably end up getting as well. And I'm glad that they they I actually just let's saw something too. They confirmed like the I think the base game's only going to be like 30 hours. But if you're gonna do what uh, Mr. Richard does, which is collect everything, it is going to be <laughs> it is going to be a good 100 hour gameplay thingamajig. 
I think that's fine. I mean, if you want to put, like we were talking about earlier with the, you know, the map is crowded, but Ubisoft just learns way more with that. Like if it's, you know, if you're the type of gamer that wants to go for all the feathers, like I went for all the viewpoints, I was good with that. But like, you know, there's nothing wrong with having that content as long as you're not forced to do it. Like the only thing in this game that we're getting kind of near the end, I have a couple things I want to mention, like with sequence 14, like one of my complaints with it is you have to assassinate like nine people and it, it, it just feels like it's. It feels like it was padding to make this game longer, but it wasn't like Richard's comment and Alan's comment. It wasn't bad. It was just it was there. It's cool. You got more game for me. It was irritating me, but that's also because I I every every game I play for the show and in a period, I always get to a point where I'm like, OK, I'm ready to be done. Like every especially open world, I do all these side stuff that I can do as soon as it opens up, because I know there's always a point in every game I play where I just break down and go, nope, I am done. We're going to mainline the game. And I was kind of, I was at that point because I wanted to finish it because I wanted to play, yeah, Castlevania. And I just wasn't, I was just done. And it was taking me a while. Plus, some of those assassinations were tough. So that was that, too. The one toughest, the toughest one of those for me was the guy on the boat. I got lucky with him. I got on my first try. I got really I know lucky. what you're talking about. Yeah. Because that, that's a get caught once and you fail mission, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I got caught, but I got caught as my blade was being put through his neck. So it didn't go. See, so I it, be- it, it worked. I ended up looking up what was the best approach gun and I found that and I worked to get to that point. And once I then saw because I was trying to do it on my own, I figure out, okay, I'll do it this way, then this way. And then I get to this point and then, Oh crap, I fucked up. And then when I looked up like, Oh, I should use the smoke bomb. Makes sense. Then I was able to pull it off. But of course it was just getting to the point where you could just jump him from above to get him. Was this the first game that introduced, um, like, synchronicity, where, like, you had to, like, if you wanted 100% of the game, you'd have to do it? No, that's, you have that's to do it the right way. That's well, not in this game. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. I'm like, Thankfully. I Honestly, it's the worst thing. <laughs> like, oh, great. A game that's had two successful times of basically letting the player do these their own way is now going to be, like, not oh, yeah, do they, it my way. Once they start that, they don't stop that, from what I remember. Nope. And, yep, it only gets worse <laughs> and weirder. Have fun with that, Rich, because I know you'll be going for it. So, when it comes to being a completionist, I d- I judge it by if you want to do it or not. How difficult it's going to be. Yeah, it it will start getting more difficult when they add the different ways you have to do a mission. You'll see when we get to Brotherhood and Revelations, and because Brotherhood will be the end of this year, we're going to do Brotherhood. Yeah, I know. December, I'm probably November, be starting December. it within the next few de- uh, next week or so. I would say I think uh yeah Brotherhood has. I'm just going to spoil a little bit of it. Uh, some of the co- mechanics of it involves a tank. And the completion for that mission to be 100% synced is to take no damage. Oh, Have that's fun. bullshit. It's a tank. Have fun. Yep. Have fun. Have fun. <laughs> Not a single hit. None. Have fun. That's what save states are for. I rage, I rage quit. <laughs> it, can you save state Assassin's Creed? Not if you're playing legit, no. But if you emulate 360, <laughs> yes. But... I, I mean, PCs can emulate 360. I don't know if mine can. I think mine could do it, but I, I haven't fucked around with emulation for 360 and PS3 yet. I'm I'm just not. I tried emulating a few PS3 things, and I, like, I got Infamous 2 to run, for example, but it was so choppy. I mean, I can understand 3 because it doesn't have any, like, legit good support from official ways. But, like, for a 360, like, it's, you know, pick up an S. It's fine. Yeah, no, that's why I haven't done it yet. I just have collected let's say uh, some of the rarer games that i can't get any other way just to have when i get to that point so yeah i mean i am trying to do like a holy shit i just looked up assassin's creed brotherhood main story 15 hours main and extra 25 and a half hours 
completionist, 41 and a half mm-hmm. hours. That's not so bad. Just, you know, a work week. <laughs> Brotherhood, in my opinion, is the one of the best Assassin's Creed games. You're going to spend so. probably 20 of those 40s on the, the tank mission anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he won't be completing that when I die. Well, we'll see. You know, I, I mean, he might, he might surprise me. I just me. want live tweets of it, you know, of him attempting it or, or <laughs> something, you know. Attempt one. I, I, I gave up. I just want to watch the chat just descend into madness. Attempt <laughs> 21. This is bullshit. Attempt <laughs> 53. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I tried it before too because I, I was an achievement whore at one time so I remember uh, fucking around a lot I think I might even play this game twice back in the day because my my Xbox got my, my profile got corrupted and I didn't think I'd be able to get it back so I made a new profile and then I was replaying games to get achievements again because I was an achievement whore that will never happen again but so yeah, I don't even know how time to play this game All right, anything that we missed that we should oh there's one last thing I want to go out on before we go to questions uh, there's a movie for this game too that came out I, there's, I a, there's a movie? movie called Assassin's Creed Liberation, which is on YouTube, by the way. I, I didn't You're watch it. Assassin's Creed Embers? Hmm? Is it Embers? Is that what it is? I, I know there's Liberation. Is, is there? It, oh, there's they, movies that came with the Ezio collection that you can watch. And I'm pretty sure that's what you're referring to. Lineage, I think is lineage. what it is. Yeah, Lineage and Embers are two. I think they come with the Ezio collection, but I never watched them. I could right now, though. Do you want to? I like It's like 30 minutes. <laughs> Series of three Canadian short films. Oh. I mean, I know that, like, I was watching one of them while we were talking. Well, not really watching. I had it on, and I was just looking at it, and it has all to do with his father. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, I mean, it's, yeah, but that's, I mean, that was part of, like, the the story out there at one time. Oh, that, there's one weird story uh, point that doesn't make sense in this game. Uh, we we didn't talk about that, but just real quick. It's the part where uh, Desmond is dreaming, and he sees, he sees... Uh, Ezio. Or, sorry, Altair. He sees Altair, yep. Yeah, and... uh he sees him impregnate a woman. That woman is from a PSP game. She's also in Assassin's Creed 1 for one moment. But yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. But uh, that comes up uh, double force uh, throughout this Ezio trilogy because it's explained why it's going on. But even weirder, uh, Ubisoft confirmed that Ezio and Altair aren't related. So, yeah. How does that work then? You have a mom's side and a dad's side of your family. Basically... Oh. Yeah, okay. Altair would te- if if it just make it easier. Altair would technically be from his dad's side, while uh, I mean, it does still technically make them related, just so distant. You know, yeah, they're they're, they're very distantly distant. related. Yeah, they're very distantly related, and that they explain that, and that and that's how they're able to hop a uh, hop around the timeline like that so because, much and so vastly, basically, which makes yeah, sense. Yeah, because especially because not really a spoiler, but they established that assassins do marry each other. So of course, one one uncle could be. Uh, in Egypt, and the other one could be in, you know, Africa. So, okay. it makes I mean, those communes have to work somehow, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I would. I mean, I never watched the movies. I just thought it was cool they made them, you know, as promotion pieces, essentially for this game. They, uh, they yeah, they pulled out all the stops for it for sure. Yeah, they went big on Assassin's Creed too. I mean, they must put a lot of money I bet into this game. Mm-hmm. They they put their they they put a lot of work into this game, and let's face it, they've earned. <laughs> I mean, they did. Uh, they did offer their information for the uh, the rebuilding of Notre Dame, so you know they've really put a lot of work yeah. into this. That was Unity, right? Yes. Notre- okay, yeah, Notre Dame, France. I'm excited to play Unity when we finally get there in like two years. Well, so it's uh, it's not launch version anymore, so you know you're guaranteed to have a better time than the players of 2014 did, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, I heard the game is like just fine now. Like yeah, they you know I again don't play games when they first come out. Just wait. I mean, at least I do because I'm a cheap bastard. So. Plus, well, you'd be soft games. Do you do you own the cheap bastards uh, like Twitter that 
post. No, no, no. I hear Cheap Ass Gamer. No, I do not. Have been. I know. I I I used to follow that page all the fucking time on the website back in the day. That's where I got a lot of my good deals. at. That's why I have a massive 360 collection because of that site. Well, yeah. Don't stop. It ain't going anywhere. Yeah. Deals are always forever. Yeah, but now I'm just a Steam guy for the most part. Oh, I I guess you wouldn't have to with that. Yeah, I'm just a Steam humble bundle fanatical. Um, so I just kind of go on those websites and just look and see what they have, and I buy random shit that I'll never play. For cheap. I have I have news for you, Mike. I'll tell you off stream. Anyways, okay. <laughs> All right. Any last things you guys want to say before we got any questions, comments, or memories? No. No. Okay. I didn't get a lot actually. I posted in a few different groups. I mean, I because lately I've been getting a lot of questions and comments and memories in general, and this one people were not did not have a lot to say. First from the uh, Assassin's Creed fans official group, I got from. Dylan Perrault, a treasured game in my heart. I still remember playing on, on that snow back in the back of my house when my mom called me into an open Christmas present early. Still remember the excitement opening the wrapping paper and seeing this cool-ass dude on the cover. Became obsessed with Assassin's Creed after that. And from Steph Grab- Grabbins, I loved it too. I would like if they remastered it. I'm assuming that he's not counting the Ezio trilogy. <laughs> I heard bad things about it. All right, from Dalian McAdam, there have only been three AC games that have reinvented the wheel. Assassin's Creed 2, Black Flag, and Origins, which makes sense when you realize those three are always mentioned when it comes to people's favorites. This fuck likes Origins. I heard good things about Origins. Origins is fine. It's the first one, right? Uh, the first time that they started the RPG stuff. They're in a yeah. Games, you know, they did really well with uh, the locations accuracy so well. They were like, let's make a documentary mode, you know? We're so confident <laughs> that it can be used for educational purposes. I really want to play Origins so much, but um, I just, it has to be for the show. Otherwise, I just won't do it. So Somewhere. I just think it's like, it's like people who may not like it may not just, maybe it's a locale thing. Like maybe they just don't like sand, you know, because it's coarse and rough and gets everywhere. <laughs> but maybe, maybe like their wives because their wives are soft. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. I fucking hate that quote in that movie so much. And from. <laughs> Uh, Chris, Do- oh, from the official Laser Time community, from Chris Dobson, friend of the show. I like I liked the first game for its fun take on history combined with parkour, but it felt like a tech demo next to two. This game was one of my game of the years that year. I loved the completely insane ending, and it did a great job by 2009 standards of creating an open world. From Mark Isherwood, played it last year after never really getting on with first game and loved it. From Carrie Chandler, friend of the show. I love it. My second favorite in the series after its sequel, Brotherhood. Yeah, that's fair. Right from Rob Fowler, I I bought into the hype for the first game, and while I had fun pretending to be medieval Batman, I did get bored by the repetitive gameplay. I actually skipped out on AC2 until the review buzz got me to try it once it dropped down to half price a few months later. I think the thing that sold me with the upgradable base, I had been a sucker for that gameplay since playing Sukadin. It was a much improved sequel. Every complaint I had about the first one had been fixed, and it felt like a leap, or should I say a leap of faith, forward for third-person open-world games at the time. The game kept me invested in the series for years. All right, and we have one. Yeah, from the I watched the entire Orbit group, I have one comment from Nate McLellan, friend of the show. My first platinum. This game kicks ass. My mom saw me playing this game and told me I wish I could run like that guy. So yeah, okay. <laughs> she never saw him bump into anybody. <laughs> <laughs> that does happen a lot, though. Oh, and then before we go on to Shelf Stacker Box, I want to give away a code because I have too many codes. Here, this this is Steam code for Salt and Sanctuary. The code is 5RPJVXWR3B5A2. 
one zero one or I O one. Mess around with that. It's it looks like to me it's a one, but it could be an I. So I don't know. I think that's an O. Pretty sure that's a no. No, that's a zero. Yeah. So good luck with that one. <laughs> that's the code for Salton Sanctuary. Somebody will get it. The people tell me. All right. Now bring us to a shelf stacker box. And Richard, why don't you go first? Oh, I'm definitely going to shelf this. Definitely going to shelf this. This was a work of art. I enjoyed it. I loved all the mechanics they put in there. They introduced all the other aspects beautifully into the game. Loved the extra assassinations and all the racing and uh, beating up the unfaithful husbands. <laughs> I mean, that's fun. There are a lot of unfaithful husbands, too. Not as many as there could have been, though. It's yeah. only like about five beat-up missions, I think. In a world where courtesans are so plentiful, yeah, I'm sure there's, <laughs> there should have been a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't know if I think maybe they forgive it for the courtesans because those those ladies are doing business. It's the ones that are basically stealing the husbands. Ah, right. I see. Yeah, they probably because that was a normal thing at that time. Plus, true, uh, true. In I guess, this I guess can't count. And in the 1400s, I mean, you sent women essentially needed men because of how you know fucked up the system is at this time. So yeah, and I mean, I did like the courier missions, although the one did run in and in the fisticuffs. I suppose that's actually a nice little a nice little thing to add there because. Not all of them can be helping avoid somebody make a mistake. It's delivering the bad news, and get, and of course you don't since you can't pay, you know can't be the the person who te- who's giving the bad that initially sent the bad news. You can beat up the messenger. So you know I did it. That was very enjoyable. Everything works so beautifully. I mean, for the few things that I would have liked to have been able to have done and couldn't do couldn't do because it wasn't designed that way. You know, it, it's still a great game. Still a great game. I mean, yeah, I would love putting that the truth file in its proper order after finding all the symbols, but you know, they didn't want to do that, and I'm okay with that. Mm. All right, and what about you, Joe? It's very much uh, going on the shelf for me as well. I love this game. I love the coming of age story and the beginning of the trilogy of Ezio Alvatore. I also, for unbeknownst reasons, I also really want to learn Italian again because, goddamn, is Italian such a Beautifully funny language. <laughs> uh, so yeah, definitely shelf. Okay, and what about you, Alan? Oh yeah, it's a it's a shelf one. That's for sure. I mean, for for the for the most part, for every miss jump and miss time jump that I made, and you know, basically anything that I really had a fault with, it, it's completely overshadowed by just all the memories I have of running around every Italian town and uh, the story itself, and appreciating Ezio for being very well-rounded character by the end and ostensibly becoming one of the, I would think, tentpole characters of gaming now. Oh, yeah. Uh, right up there with, you know, John Marston and Gordon Freeman and, you know, any other one from, from that generation, too. <laughs> so it, it's its legacy is longstanding. It and, and Assassin's Creed 2 make up basically the, or sorry, it and Brotherhood make up the essential pinnacle of the series to this day. And I will always have fun returning to it. Never gets old. Definitely on the shelf. Okay. And I'll go last. This is also obviously going on the shelf. I mean, I remembered bits and pieces, but I couldn't believe how much fun I had with this game and how good it is still. Like, it has it has aged like a fine wine to me. You know, it was just such a great open world game to play, and you can just see how much of this game affects the series going forward for a while. So I, I loved it. I, I had a great time, and I'm so happy to be revisiting this. I do want to play the DS one and the PSP one, but that'll come at some point when I have more time. <laughs> so, but that's going to happen. I am going to play those. And the side-scrolling ones, too. 
Oh, yeah, those are 100 percent going to happen too. I, I, I'm my goal on this podcast is to experience the entire series of Assassin's Creed. That means everything. So, and then you got to do the watch along of the movies. <laughs> I, I, there's only one movie. Michael I wouldn't do the other one. Stuff. Yeah, which I do want to see. Actually, as I think I brought up earlier, I bought a Funko Pop randomly from that movie today for five bucks at a toy swap. So <laughs> the movie's not bad. I didn't. I was like, hmm, I don't recognize this assassin. And then I was like, hmm, I think this is the movie because <laughs> like the assassins, the Assassin's Creed Funko Pops are fucking expensive. <laughs> no, I, I saw the Ezio one at a store. I'm like, oh, I'll buy this. And I looked at the price, 40 bucks. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'll wait. See if I ever run across it. But yeah, yeah I didn't care about it, but now wait. I do. Yeah, you'll probably wait until you come across it somewhere. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you do. Like, I go to a lot of toy swaps. I go to a lot of Funko swaps. And sometimes you just have someone like, here, I just want to get rid of this stuff. Here, 10 bucks, 15 bucks. And I'll, I'll buy it for that. 20 bucks. I wouldn't even buy it for 20. I just wasn't spending 40. But yeah. All right. And I that's that's everything. And I should enter what we're talking about next week. Uh, next week, you can hear us talk about Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow. That'll be a fun one. That's the DS version of Aria of Sorrow, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the, the sequel, the DS sequel, which is the first game of the DS trilogy. I always remember that because, it, you know, it's abbreviated to, you know, Castlevania DS, right? Oh, I didn't even catch that, by the way. <laughs> I I should play those since I had my... Just like I remember the one that, like, the first one that was in console form on HD, Harmony of Dissonance, HD, Castlevania HD. Did not catch that either. That's not a good game, by the way. But (laughs) But Harmony of Dissonance? Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't... I mean, I played it. I I actually bought every character on it, and I didn't think it worked as well as I wanted it to. But it was hard. I mean, I couldn't find people. That was the problem. This was after Ego left, right? So we didn't have anything to do with Castlevania, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Might I think Castlevania has always been more of a solo game anyhow. Until then. And never again since. I mean, it's an all right game. I mean, I wouldn't mind if it was somewhere else. It just it had its issues. That's all. But that's another thing. Yeah. All right. And Richard, where can people find you at? Again, you can find me up on my YouTube channel, Rich Kale, on YouTube, where I play through various games and franchises and have all sorts of stuff going up. Most days, it's two videos a day that goes up. Some days, it's only one. But yeah, I'm playing through the Assassin's Creed series on there. I'm still working on the first one on the channel there, and I'm not going for everything like I did in for for the for the podcast. So, <laughs> but that so you know what to expect when the two goes up and starts going up. <laughs> but yeah, and also got stuff up on various fan fiction sites, so you can come check everything out. I greatly appreciate it. Right. You will see a link in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, there's over 500 other episodes of Games My Mom Found. We have done the first Assassin's Creed, so you can go right on Podbean. Just type in whatever you want to search. Type in Resident Evil. Type in Assassin's Creed. Type in Reanimator. You'll find that there, too, for some reason. Metal Gear. We've done all sorts of stuff. Just type in and see what you find. We have a huge backlog of movies, comics, video games, TV season, whatever I can convince people to record with me. So definitely go check all that out. And whatever we can convince him to do. Yeah, that too. (laughs) That does happen, unfortunately. There are things that I did not ever mean to do that have happened on this podcast. Like what I recorded last night. So (laughs) there are things that happen that I don't expect. But you will find everything we do there. I also we also have a Discord, so if you want to chat with us, you can join our Discord. You'll see a link in the show notes. And we have a new Patreon poll that's starting the time you're hearing this has just started. But because uh, I right now I'm continuing my year of movies Mike has never seen. So this the next poll the next poll is gonna be our first Spooktober poll because December is Spooktober. It's Ouija, Ouija Origin of Evil, Suspiria, Night of the Creeps, or the Blair Witch Project. You get to vote which of those movies I have to watch, unfortunately. And for the record, I don't want to watch any of those four, so I know that's what I'm picking. (laughs) I don't want any of them. I have no interest in any of them, but I'll do what I do. So, yeah, you go see that. Also, 
I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Hasfair. You can follow her on TikTok. And want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who did the MCU movies with me. He's on the show quite often. Uh, he's here at his own podcast, The Gamer Looks at 40, so definitely go check him out too. And I think that's everything I need to say, so we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.